Then we go back to one. All right, what's up, everybody? It is Danny and Addy, aka the flaming of the most flaming of meeples, and my beautiful wife, Mrs. Flaming Meeple. I thought it was just Mrs. Meeple now. Mrs. Meeple, whatever she wants to be today. Whatever um, I want to be today. What? You can be Mrs. Meeple. You can be Mrs. Flaming Meeple. All right, so it's just the two of us tonight. Um, we are kind of coming in with just a quick, I guess it would be a Valentine's episode, because this is something that we do as a common date night for us, is going to escape rooms. Yeah, um, so this is a little off topic from our usual um, topics here on Flaming Meeple, but we think this will appeal to much of the same audience. And so tonight we want to touch on escape rooms. What are they? Um, if you haven't heard about them, I'm sort of surprised. Yeah. And then maybe our top few reasons why they make a great date night and um, why they're great in our current world right now, right? There's some advantages to them. Yeah. I mean, it's you're not being During locked COVID. in with just a bunch of people you don't know, so you can have more of a hand-picked group instead of taking three people and then you're locked in with what's the usual max eight depending on the room but most of the rooms are eight yeah. some are 10 or 12 but um like that one that we did down at the escape game was 12 yeah that was a nightmare um but usually i'm a little concerned at how this is recording it's recording just fine okay it just looks different anyway so we're going to, um, yeah. So We let's, don't have our usual audio guy with us tonight. Or the so. usual audio equipment. So bear with us. We're running this literally just from my MacBook Air. And neither of us know what we're doing with GarageBand yet in a MacBook. Franny, we need <laughs> you. Okay. So <clears throat> let's back up a little bit and talk about um, just escape rooms in general in case there are people listening that don't know anything about escape rooms. Danny, would you like to take some basics here? Yeah, so... Uh, short version of it is in an escape room, you and your wife, boyfriend, husband, whatever, whoever you are in the escape room with, you One are group. walked through the scenario, given the what the story is for the escape room, and you are, quote unquote, locked in the room for an hour or more, depending on what the, the kind of room is. <laughs> And the objective is to find all these clues that will eventually lead you to getting the code to exit the room. That's yeah. the short version so of it. So the very first time we were going to do one of these, um, <clears throat> my first panic was, I get highly claustrophobic and you're going to lock me in a room. Um, with me of all people. Not even that, because we were with a bunch of strangers at that oh, time. That's that right. Was before yeah, COVID. we did the, um, the FBI one. Yeah, so... Um, once I realized they don't actually lock you in, <laughs> you can get out if you have to. Um, and you get very immersed in the theming and the puzzles that if you're mm-hmm. somebody who's claustrophobic, don't panic. They're also typically, with a few exceptions, not like super small rooms. So you should be okay. We have had a couple where the first room you start is uh, a little rough. Yeah. But and also, a lot of them will have like a horror theme. But typically, from the ones we've done, 
they're not really super scary. There's one that we did. We'll touch a little mm-hmm. bit on it. Um, that we did recently that gives you a little bit of a jump. Um, yeah, um, it made me very jumpy. Um, so we've talked a little bit about escape rooms now, and we've sort of introduced the idea in case any of you aren't aware of them. And they are all over the place. I guarantee if you Google escape rooms in your city, you are going to find some nearby. We have yep. probably nine or ten different locations not far from us. And they're all different experiences. All- They'll have a similar theme. A lot of them will have a similar theme. They're all different experiences. Yeah. Like, most of them seem to have some sort of a bank heist option as one yep. of their rooms. Or um, it's a, a popular one. Uh, outbreak or pandemic theme. And it was well before. <laughs> long before Long COVID. before COVID. <laughs> they, but they had an outbreak or pandemic theme one. Uh, FBI was another yeah, common one. Yeah, you're one. solving a mystery is a common theme. Um, breaking out of jail seems to be a common jail, theme. Breaking out of jail. Uh, those, those are the more common ones. So let's touch just for a second. We are in Valentine's week here. And let's touch for a second on some of the reasons we think, personally, escape rooms make great date nights. They're great anyway. They're yep. great with a group. They're great for fun. But specifically why they make a great date night for you and your significant other um, as we head into Valentine's weekend. And so... Um, just a heads up, if you want to follow along a little bit more in a text format, over on theflamingmeeple.com on the blog, there is a blog post that goes through some of this. If you want a more condensed version of what we're going to talk about here. But um, yeah, so I think the first the first one I'm going to say, and uh, you know, we struggle with this a lot, um, and I'm sure, I, well, I know for a fact we're not the only couple that does, and that's being forced to turn off your electronic devices, forced to turn off the distractions, and just, um, yeah, that that piece of it. So, mm-hmm. um, as we've alluded in past episodes, we have twin four-year-olds. Um, we work sort of offset schedules right now, so there are definitely um, evenings where we're just sitting here on our phones or our computers or I'm playing catch-up with work or... One of my other projects, um, especially since I'm leaving work early to pick the kids up from school and stuff like that. So um, being forced to turn off your electronics, the distractions, no one's watching TV, no one's listening to the podcast, no one's, everyone's forced to sort of be yeah. in this, in the same moment. When it's not just the digital distractions either. Yeah. It's, you know, the home stresses of, okay, I need to do this, I need to get this ready for tomorrow. Okay, kids are have this stuff to get done. You're yeah. putting all of that aside, even if it's just for an hour, and focusing on who's with you and what you're doing in that room. And that sort of segues into the second one that we listed on the blog post, which was logistics, talk. But logistics could be more than talk. I mean, we, talk, we talked about it in the blog post specifically as like a topic of conversation of who's got to do what, where do the kids need to be where, who's responsible for what. But that can also be getting the lunch boxes out of the car, making sure lunches are packed, right? So that kind of is a distraction, but it's also part of those logistics. Um, And we refer to it a lot because of kids, but that's kind of um, the driving force in our life right now with twin four-year-olds. But for those of you listening that maybe don't have kids yet, you still have those logistics issues. You still have maybe parents or in-laws that you have to coordinate stuff with. Maybe you have friends that you're coordinating get-togethers with or roommates. or um, There's still logistics to your everyday life. Who's cooking dinner? Who's going to the grocery yeah. store? Who's paying the power bill? Who's? It's just um, 
we tend to frame stuff with kids because that seems to be the the biggest element right now with yeah. with them. That's just um, our reality. But don't think just because you don't have kids, these don't apply to you. Um, so forcing to turn off that like logistics talk of what needs to get done, um, for t- taking your mindset out of that. Here's what has to get done. Here's my to do list. A B C D E. You know, mm-hmm. this needs to get done, and this is the deadline. Um, and and you're forced to really work on one common mission, although you're yes. not necessarily working on the same exact piece of that mission. No, but you're working towards the common goal, which is to escape the room before time runs out. And just one other thing, because I don't know that we touched on it in the intro, but when we say escape the room, you're not trying, it's not a brute force thing. It's not a like how it's a puzzle solving thing. It's a mental, here's the puzzles. Here's the clues. Here's how you get out. It's not a like you kick a hole in that damn wall and march your way out. No. (laughs) So, so you might be working on two different puzzles um, because especially in some of these rooms, if you're not, you're going to run out of time with only oh, two people. De- yeah. If there's not a little bit there, of divide and conquer. There are, the rooms are not necessarily, in most of the rooms we've done, let me preface it that way, most of the rooms we've done are not designed to fail you. They're, they're set up in a way that puzzle yeah. A flows to puzzle B doesn't necessarily always flow to puzzle C completely. There's a piece from B that'll go to C, and then you have to complete D and E to get the other piece to C. So it's not always necessarily perfectly linear, but typically as you solve something, you're going to get something that gives you an input to the next. And let's touch on some of our top tips for these after we get through some of the reasons they're great for date night. Yeah. so then what we have in the blog is number three is really problem solving, which we've already sort of touched on, but how it brings out some of your strengths and weaknesses. Yes, because everyone solves problems differently. Addie's, Addie and I do not solve problems or think about puzzles the same way. Guarantee it. And that's not a bad thing, right? The same no, thing is true no, no, in no. our day-to-day life. I am a logistics analytical as far as I, as you can see, that is, I function off of lists. I function off of calendars. It's how I live my life. It's how I get through. Danny couldn't tell you what's on the calendar. He doesn't use a calendar. I'm organized chaos. So when we go into these escape rooms and we're forced to put all the stress of life at home away, right? Which could be, I'm frustrated as heck because he forgot to do something because he didn't use a calendar. And if only he would listen to me and update his calendar, he would have known. I listen excellently the third or fourth time. So um, you're forced to leave that at the door and focus on one mission. And you're kind of reminded of some of those strengths and weaknesses and some of those different approaches. And so, well, yes, it's good to have somebody with a different strength set in the room with you for the sake of escaping the room it's also great for a date night because sometimes we need those reminders like we knew 10 years ago 10 and a half years ago when we got married that we had very different approaches and very different strengths yes it's been that long and i still put up with them we're not that old we're like in our (laughs) mid 30s so we're ancient we are ancient we (laughs) but we knew way back then that we had very different approaches and very different yeah. strengths and weaknesses. 
But when you get into that day-to-day and you get into those elements and those logistics, those. sometimes you just get frustrated that the person's not doing it the way you want to. Yeah. And so in addition to the benefit while you're in the escape room, sometimes it's just a good reset for your mind that, oh, yeah, he doesn't think about this the way I do. Yeah. And that kind of cycles back into the logistic talk a little bit too because we, we tend to like to do an escape room, go to dinner, and then do another escape room. Yes. If you have that much time, it's Which great. We uh, the first what the first one or two rooms we did, we didn't do that. We didn't and, do that initially. And we would do one room, go to dinner, and on our way home, we were thinking to ourselves, or by the time we got home, we were thinking to ourselves, you know, I could really go for another room just to close off the night. And at that point, part of it was a babysitting issue with our yeah. kids. Now our kids are old enough that typically if we're having a date night, they're spending the night at grandma and grandpa's at my parents' house. And so um, when they spend the night over there, we can do an extra room and it yep. can be 10 or 11 o'clock at night before we get home and it's not the end of the world. Um, if you're paying a babysitter, that might be a little bit it's, more it's of a stretch. It's a little, yeah. It's, you know, you have those things to think yeah. about. But the advantage to having that dinner in between for us, it's, it's twofold. First of all, now... We have already broken our mindset from all the logistics and chaos of the rest of life. Mm -hmm. And so when we sit down and have a conversation, it's a little bit less about the logistics. Yep. Um, It's more about each other instead of everything around us. We're talking about some of those maybe strengths and weaknesses that came up in those approaches. But it's also, especially if you're in one of these, I call it sort of uh, ships passing in the night phases, um, your topic initially might be just to stay out of logistics might be the room you just completed. Yeah. It might be, um, what was your favorite puzzle in that room? What was your least favorite? Where did you guys get hung up that you guys struggled? Where did you work? Well, why did you struggle? Um, and stuff like that. One thing we didn't touch on when we introduced the concept of escape rooms is you do have a game master who, depending on the location, it's a little bit different, but typically they're watching you on a camera and speaking to you either through uh, typing out on a screen or through a walkie-talkie or something like that, who can give you some clues if you get stuck. And Some are better than others. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. Just like with tabletop uh, gaming, like D&D and Pathfinder and whatnot, not all game masters are the same. And not all some escape rooms are Some are better than others. Some are worse than others. It's just how it is. Not everyone is cut out for it. But you don't really know until you get into that room and start getting a trying to get clues from that game master that you realize, oh, he's not really watching the screen. Yeah. We've had some fantastic ones and some less than stellar ones. Yeah. Um, But that can be a topic of your conversation, too. Right. If you took a clue. Oh, that's how we got through that. They gave us that clue. What did we miss to get to that? Yeah. That we could have gotten to that ourselves. Um. Our fourth point in our blog was really that they're cooperative. And we talk about this a lot in our tabletop games, too, and our board games. Because um, I, for one, prefer, especially if we're playing as a two-player, I much prefer a cooperative game. Yeah. Danny is not always the same. He nope. will. He will <laughs> um, Organized chaos. He, yeah. I mean, you've enjoyed I, cooperative games. I, I, I definitely enjoy cooper, co- blah, 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 cooperative games. Um, like Death May Die and things like Mansions that. Of Mansions of Madness. Of Madness. But, you know, I do still 
horrifying. Like a lot of competitive stuff, I'm still fairly competitive. Um, it's just who I am. And so a lot of the a lot of the games I like to play tend to lean more on that competitive side, even if there is a cooperative aspect to it. Now, when you're considering that as a date night sometimes, right? If it it's is just a you and a couple, <laughs> you and your significant other playing a board game and you are going to go balls to the walls against each other, typically it's not going to end up on the best of terms at the end of the night. Someone's no. going to be upset and frustrated. So, Especially after that 12th um, loss in a row at Ticket to Ride. <laughs> So cooperative, both in your tabletop gaming, if you're choosing a game for just a date night or a couple's game with just the two of you, um, it's definitely a consideration. Not that every game has to be cooperative. We've played quite a few that are not. Um, But sometimes it it gives you a different mindset when you're playing something cooperative and you're kind of forced to work together. And so that applies over in our escape rooms. Get to really play off of each other's strengths. Yeah. Um, you'll see where, you know, you're not so great at this way of thinking, but your partner is much better at it than you are. And you play off of those strengths with each other while working on those weaknesses. And the fifth one, we just said that they're fun. And um, that seems pretty obvious. Yeah. <laughs> like, we clearly enjoy them. But we've, we've done... We are we- at 22... Yeah, we are at 22, really? Oh, wow. Yeah, with one failure. Yeah, yeah. And that failure we are... redone this weekend. We will rectify this weekend. Um, Yeah, that was an interesting one. Um, But even if you're you're somebody who is listening to this podcast, then we're going to guess that you probably like games. Um, You probably like sort of that strategy aspect. And so a lot of that carries over into escape rooms. Um, and puzzles, a lot of it's puzzles. So it's, um, you know, solving different things to get you to different steps through, through the process. And then, um, just as sort of a bonus option, a bonus for right now, given that we're still living in COVID, it is, uh, technically still a social distanced activity you could do with your significant other. You can get out of the house. (laughs) Because uh, as much as. I enjoy doing the escape rooms with Addie. I do not enjoy doing the escape rooms with other people that I don't know. I mean, we have done several where we have brought friends along, be it another yeah. couple, be it Franny, be it whatever, and those have been okay. We um, had one positive experience of one we did. It was the first one we did where we were with... A big group, yeah. With two, three other couples? Two other Two couples. other couples. There were six of us, yeah. And... Then the other ones we've done with, you know, random groups have just not been that good of an experience because everybody wants to be in charge. Nobody wants to listen to advice or recommendations from anyone else they don't know. Well, and a lot of it, right, is communication. So that can tie back into some of these reasons it's a great date night, Um, but it forces you to kind of communicate with each other. And if all of a sudden you're in there with a bunch of strangers that don't know you, don't know your strategy, sometimes yep. it's harder to break down that communication wall. And believe it or not, I'm a fairly shy person around people I don't know. He's very different in person than he is on the microphone. Much, yeah, much different in person first time meeting you. The second and third time, I get a little more relaxed around you. But that first time, I'm definitely very 
reserved and introverted. We did one that was, um, I guess we can say where it was. It was down at the Battery. It was at the Escape Game. The Escape Game. It was the playground Um, one. And it was a playground theme. And I think it would have been really cool with a different group of people. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But they, um, we had 12 people. We took another couple that we knew, and the other eight were all people we had no idea who they were. And mm-hmm. I still, to this day, can't tell you how we got through half of the puzzles because I wasn't involved in that. No, and so for was... me, I don't enjoy it as much if I can't follow the puzzles and the linear and the how did this get to this get to this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but just to go back on social distancing, depending where you go, um, almost all the locations, at least all the ones we've been to here, we're in Atlanta, if you guys aren't aware, just outside Atlanta, um, are doing private experiences. Yep. So when you sign up, now some of them may require you to book three tickets, even if there's only two of you, but um, most have gone to a flat rate for the room since they're all private experiences, yeah. regardless of how many Ar- people. Around here, the... Common costs for one room, if it's just two people, is about 80-ish bucks, I think. Yeah, it's running about 80 right now because they're... So it There's, used to be... There is one that's like oh, that's over 100, but it's all the room itself is also for almost people. an hour and a half, and it's 12 people. Um, it used to be closer to like $29.99 a person yeah. or whatever before COVID, but... Since all experiences are private, and when I say that, I mean it's just your group that you buy tickets for together. They've yep. adjusted. Some are working on some tiered no, pricing. No and stuff. random encounters. Um, then on top of that, like almost all are requiring you to at least wear your mask in mm-hmm. the lobby. Um, some depending do. on the location, you may have to wear it in yep. the room. I was just about to say that some do will require you to wear them in the room. We've only had one instance where that was the case, and yeah. it, it was actually at a. Oh, what was it called? Ultimate Escape, right? Yeah. Where we had done two rooms at previously, and... We had only done the Atlanta room there We only before. did the Atlanta room? Oh, I thought we did the other, another one there before that. Um, but, so we did one room there previously, and once you're in, you know, in the lobby, walking in, yes, have your mask on while you're going through all the introductory stuff. Typically, once you get in the room, because it's just your group in there, no one else... Take your mask off. The second, the first time we were there, no issues at all. Second time we were there, halfway through the the room we were in, which was called Amnesia, which was the one that gave us a little bit of a spook. Um, halfway through that room, our game master comes over the line and says, "Hey, you need to have your masks on." Like, so it just depends you know, on where you go, but my, yeah, if you're not sure, just ask so that way you're not having to lose time on your room to go back to the first room or go to wherever you put your stuff and get your mask and put it on. Yeah. Um, and some are completely contactless. Again, like the one where we had to keep our masks on. Yep. You walked in and picked up a sanitized walkie-talkie and never saw another human being. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them you will encounter your game master in the lobby, fully masked, standing behind a counter, socially distanced, you're good to go. You're protecting yourself. You're probably equally as safe as you are walking into the grocery store, mm-hmm. if not more so. Um, and then you're set on your way in your room. And uh, again, private once you're in your room. So, and of course, all of them have upped their cleaning procedures in between rooms, their time in between rooms, all that kind of stuff that you're seeing. And um, if you're somebody who's concerned about COVID, and I'm just going to say if you are, um, be sure to check with your game room location of choice and find out what their procedures are. But um most of them are 
are doing some some great things. So with that, do we want to transition into a couple of our top tips for success? Yes. Uh, first one, check everything. If Unless it has a do not touch sign on it, which will either be the words do not touch, do not move, do not lift, do not anything. If it doesn't have that or a picture of a stop sign with a hand on it, look under it, pick it up, look in it if you can. Shake it around, see if there's anything you hear rattling around in there that could potentially be a clue or a key or something to get you to the next phase. Yeah. Um, I think the second tip, at least for me, is always sort of stay organized. Yes. So I tend to be that person when we go into a room. That should be the first one. (laughs) I tend to be that person when we go into a room. I will find one surface in the room that is going to be, okay, anything we have that we don't know how to use, it's going right here. Also, once there's stuff we've already used, because in most of these rooms, if you've already used it, you're not going to need it again. Correct. So I tend to try and put those in a separate pile. Anything we've already unlocked, I try and move into one space if it's movable. Or if we've already resolved that lock, keep the key in it and put it aside. Just to save yourself some time and so you're not repeating stuff. Yeah, Because clues like the written clues that will be something, you know, a little short poem or something that has some emboldened words or numbers in it that's going to pertain to one specific lock yep that will be it or one specific puzzle that will be it and once you complete that puzzle or that lock you're done with that clue you won't need it again after that and with that with staying organized too is um it's a time thing of course it's also a communication thing so it can be a case of okay what is it you found? You saw something. You read me something about, I don't know, what was it? What was mm-hmm. it that you found in that book earlier? Yeah. Well, if it's already been put in one spot, there's a little bit less of that back and forth. And we yeah, can go, oh, we know both exactly knew. where it is. And that kind of transitions into, I guess, what I would say is our next tip, which is say everything out loud. Yes. Because you're oh working gosh, on this. Yes. That was the... Uh, I would say that was a mistake we made the first one or two rooms we did by ourselves. Because you're in this together, obviously, so you need both of you to know. And if you find a key and you don't say something, and this is where the problem gets in when you get into too big of a group, too. If you don't say, hey, I found this key. Yep. Or, hey, there's a lock over here that needs a four-letter code. You may not... You may not realize, I may not realize that Dan has already found a lock that needs letters and I'm going, okay, this probably goes to a letter lock we just haven't come across yet. Yeah. So say everything out loud. Uh, another thing I think, and it, it again, it's not the same for every escape room, but there is always, there's almost always an introductory video that goes mm-hmm. over, you know, the story behind the room. Occasionally, there will be some verbal cues in that to tell you where to start. Have at least, if it's just you and your partner, one of you pay attention to that. The other person, look around the room. And I'll give you a hint. I'm usually the one paying attention. Addie's the one paying Danny's already distracted. I'm already, no, I'm not distracted. I'm already looking. He's already looking. He's not listening. I already have found some of the locks, some of the painted on the wall or a picture Clues yeah. that might be hanging up that look distinct that might be worth keeping in mind about. Uh, another thing, I think, let's see, this happened in a couple of rooms actually. 
the combination to some of the locks are thematic. If yeah. you have a word lock, which I think are... Uh, candy shop. Yeah, candy shop. And, and sour. Superheroes. Yep. That was another one. Uh, candy shop had one of the, the lock in the first room was sour. I saw the word lock thinking, okay, we're in a candy shop. We're going to see if I can make any types of candy out of the letters that are on this. Started going through, seeing the letters on it, thinking of words that were candy related. Came up with sour. Got through the end, and our game master came in, and he goes, I don't know how you figured out that lock without looking at the clue, but the clues are on those lollipops. So I'm like, huh. I just thought, well, we're in a candy-themed room. I can make the word sour with this. Let's try that first. How about when you get stuck? What's sort of your first tip to somebody if they get stuck or if they're feeling a little bit stuck in a room? Don't be afraid to stop and think. Yeah. Stop and think about the clues you've already found that you haven't used yet. What you have used and just take a take a couple of minutes, take a minute and a half, two minutes. Sort get, of recap. Recap, right? recollect your thoughts, take a breath. Because you're probably looking at the time, thinking, okay, I've got this much time left. I have this many clues. Oh, my God, I'm behind. I need to get here, 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 so that way I can get this clue and get out of here. Yeah. And then you get yourself in a rut and you get stuck. And just, yeah, don't be afraid to stop and calm yourself down, recollect your thoughts, and think about what you found from that last clue that you already completed and solved that's pointing you this way, but you don't have the full combination for this lock. Well, and even as simple as just recapping, a lot of times I'll go, okay, stop. Yeah. What locks do we have? We have a four digit over there, a four letter over there. Sometimes just recapping and knowing, even though you've said it out loud, you may have forgotten about a lock. Yep. So stop, take a glance around. Again, if you've been able to move the things that need unlocked, to the middle or somewhere where you can see them real easily for those that you can move, that just being able to go, okay, this is what we still need. One of these has to be our next step. Yep. That can be worth its weight and worth its time. And if you keep short notes, because usually in the escape Most. rooms, they'll give you a digital pad to keep track of notes on, or some of them will give you pen, uh, pencil and paper to keep notes on. Go back and look at those notes because you might have overlooked something before that you jotted down because you thought was important and forgot about it just in the hustle of things. Also, if there's a like um, mathematical or something yes. like that kind of equation and you're needing to put something that in the right order or figure something out, just... Um, we tend to run into those. We do. Well, once you've done 22, <laughs> we've probably run into most everything, but... That can be another point where you're just kind of like, okay, wait, I saw that. Um, don't ignore colors as clues. Yes, that is that is colors a big thing. Colors can either be what order to put something in, or they could be a clue within themselves. Mm -hmm. Some of them, the amnesia room we did, there was one puzzle that had uh, blue, red, yellow, and green pill bottles. And they were in a locked cabinet. They were different numbers of each color and so obviously each one corresponded to a number on the lock just didn't know which order they went in until you found the clue which was a prescription pad that 
told you which color went in which order for the lock. So colors play, I would say colors play a, a little bit bigger of a role than some of the verbal ones. Numbers play the biggest role, then colors, and then verbal uh, Depending on the room. Clues. Depending on the location, I would say. Because yeah. not only is each room different, but each location you go to, each facility you go to, they're designed by different designers who have yeah. different sort of approaches to some of it. And so, like, a game that's played at the Escape Game, who has one set of designers, and they have locations all across the country, yeah, is going to play very differently than a game that's built by somebody local, like, like that Keystone. one that we went to. Yeah, Keystone, Keystone. where we played the, the board game-themed room. <laughs> that was, oh, man, that was an experience. Great people, very nice. They, they love escape rooms. They've done a lot as well. Just because you love escape rooms doesn't mean you're going to be good at creating escape rooms. Um, it was not not putting anyone down. It, I thought it was fun, mostly because it was a board game themed room, even though everything in there was like Monopoly and the whole Scrabble. second room was and, a giant Monopoly yeah, board. The second room was a giant Monopoly board. Um, but my biggest gripe with it is... No clue led you to anything else. Yeah, there was no amount was, of it that was linear. Yeah, none of it was linear at all. And so that's something, too. Once you find a location and you've played maybe the first game there, you kind of get an idea. So the very first time we played, the very first one we played was at Urban Escape in Alpharetta. Yep. And after the first time, we realized, oh, these rooms actually have a second room. And I'd say most... Yes. Most locations have at least a second, if not additional room. So sometimes when you think you're stuck, it's a case of not how do I get out of here, not how do I solve this whole giant mystery as to who did it. Yep. I just need to get into the next room first. Yep. And that's going to give me the information. Yes, because you'll find something like a briefcase in the first room. You won't have any idea how to open it until you get to that second room. Yeah. There was one, the train one that we did never had a second room. No, that was, it was We kept just thinking one it was going to get yep. us in, and it never did get us into nope. another room. So keep that in mind, too. Find locations. And then, you know, one of our sort of, I guess you could say challenges, now that we've played 22 of these, is every time we're knocking another location off that we can't go back to until they create new rooms. So these places do create new rooms. And like we mentioned earlier, we're going back to complete our CDC this weekend for Valentine's weekend because they're actually retiring that room, which means they'll bring a new which, theme room soon thereafter. They're retiring both Mafia and that one. Yep, And they're retiring those, what, was it? One's three, the 14th and one's the 21st oh, it's this of month. this month. Okay. Yeah. So one's Valentine's weekend Perfect. and one's the following weekend. But they did say, and this is something to keep in mind, it could take, depending on the location, depending on the time, of course, here we are in COVID, it, gosh only knows what that's going to do, it could take months for them to actually mm -hmm. build out the next room, put the puzzles in, and that kind of stuff. So um, don't just find one location and then go, oh, we've done all four of their rooms, we're yep. done. We've now been to eight or nine different locations around the area and yes mm -hmm. we've maxed some of them out and we most have, of them yeah. that we like the most we've maxed out like mastermind we we really we, liked theirs do we have one left there to do i think <clears throat> don't we no we finished them mm, shoot yeah 
We finished Odyssey. We finished Mastermind. I was hoping we had one left at Mastermind. We will have finished um, Urban Alpharetta until they get their new rooms. Yeah. So. Once we complete that daggum CDC. Yes, we will get that completed. And so, also, I guess we should touch on, if you're somebody who's very concerned about COVID or is um, in a state that's still in lockdown or what have you, there are virtual escape rooms being offered by a lot of these large escape room companies, like The Escape Game, who yep. we have down here at the Battery in Atlanta, but they have locations all over the country. They are doing virtual, where you actually, they send one game master into the room to be your eyes and ears and look around with a camera, so you're still getting the experience of an escape room, but not. So not like you're getting... There is one left at Mastermind. Sorry. I'm pretty sure we did that. No, we didn't. Yes, we did. We didn't do their outbreak. Yes, we did. That was the one with the stool, where we went in the second room with the rats. And the recording, the CD recording. It was a lab. Are you sure that's not the CD? Okay. No, I just, the CDs I, I, I got different dist- rooms. I got distracted, and then I distracted Addie because I could have sworn there was one at Mastermind we didn't finish. The but. formula and the different numbers with the whiteboard over here and oh, the whiteboard over there and the stool oh, that we didn't oh, flip over oh, at first. okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Shoot. The CDC one that we haven't completed is the one with 50 bazillion locks on the office cabinets where they're all oh, four-number right. locks. Oh, that's right. With the... the, the, the Petri dishes. Petri dishes, yeah. yes, in the magnet. Sorry, guys. <laughs> gotta Sorry. get them caught up. So, okay, yeah, gotta, we are gotta, out. You gotta take that little detour with Danny. There's always detours with Danny. <laughs> if you try and follow Danny's uh, thought process, you can go down a very scary road sometimes. <laughs> it's like trying to follow a conspiracy theorist. So, yeah. So, I guess I'd say no matter what you're into, right, if you're a horror fan or if you're a history buff who wants to go find a World War II themed room, there is a room out there that will there, fit into something you would there's enjoy. There's a room for just about every kind of fandom. Um, shoot, not last year because no conventions happened last year. 2019, uh, Momocon, no. Maybe it was supposed to have been last year and Momocon was canceled. It was, supposed to, it was supposed to have been last year. Momocon was canceled. They were going to have a D&D themed escape room that was going to be the only reason I bought Addie and I tickets and <laughs> taken Addie to her first uh, convention. Would have been the only reason I would have gone to that, <laughs> to boot. Um, let me just touch to one other thing. There are some locations out there. We went to one with another couple that was in a mall that was classified as an escape room, but I wouldn't call it an escape room. It was just locks in one yeah, room. It was. Uh, Don't uh, be deterred uh, if that's your first experience. Go find somebody that's got some uh, good theming. We used the term room loosely on that one. It was locks behind a curtain that was, well... We had doors. Did it have a door? It did have a door. Oh, okay. Maybe, but the yeah. walls didn't go all the way to the ceiling. Yeah. They were just like fake walls. It was yeah. like being in a dressing room. So, yeah. You use the term room loosely on that one. So, don't get discouraged. Look it up. Look at some videos. Most of these places have really good websites that give you some pretty good indication. Yeah. Most will give you a video about the theme and the mission that you would be accomplishing. And a lot of them have a little video that kind of gives you an idea what the room might look like without giving anything away where you would see the kind of depth of puzzles it would be. They also typically give a difficulty ranking. Yep. So don't be afraid to look at that. You may not want to start with a 10 out of 10 if your first game. 10 out of 10 would not recommend. (laughs) 
I think we, we have one left that's a 9 out of 10 in one location. We just finished the 8 out of 10. So yeah. you, we've touched a little bit on amnesia. That was actually the last room we did. We did that a couple weekends ago while my parents watched the kids. And let's touch on that room just in specifics <laughs> for a minute. So it was supposed to be the second most difficult at this location. Oh, and it I was, think I wet myself in that one. This was the location where we were completely... Um, we had to stay masked, no contact with the person. They call you. They tell yep. you you can come in the building. Your walkie-talkie was on the counter the whole nine yards. So we yep. never saw another human while we were there. But um, it was a little – you were in a mental hospital. And you had the, – the storyline was you had to find out who the person was and what was happening and how to get out. Mm-hmm. Because they were being uh, experimented on in the, in the mental hospital. So you're basically trying to figure out who the John Doe was that was admitted and what significance they have to the whole story. Um, so it and can't really get too much into it without giving the whole story of the room away, but it ends up being a, a I guess, shadow government program, best way yeah. to describe it. But there were, there was one part of the room that the first part you walk in is set up to be like an office with a bookcase and desk and pictures of other psychologists on the walls. There was about, we had been, what, 15 minutes in and mm-hmm. had, I would say, we're halfway through that part of the room. We're about to go to the next part. Yeah, we're close to getting into the next room. And... We know that bookcase leads to the second room. All of a sudden, we hear shaking, hard shaking and banging on that bookcase. Rattling chains. And rattling chains and everything in there. I jumped 50 feet. Just completely out of the blue. But just to tell you, we've done 22, and that was the first time we've had a room. We've had other rooms that were had some creepy elements, like Like Candy Shop of Horrors horrors. with all the dolls. Yes. But this is the first time. But this one legit. Gave us a good jump. Yeah, this is the first time where there's been something almost haunted house-y about it, where you might have that kind of... And with most of these locations, if you were to say, this is my first time, I'm... I'm a little anxious and whatever. They're they're going to play to that because it's in their best interest for you to have a good experience yeah. and come back. Most, I would say, for sure all the locally owned ones that we've talked to people at and most of the other ones, these people really enjoy what they do and they really yeah. want to like have a conversation with you, especially well, like, the ones where you get to actually interact with your game master. Like the um, Urban Escape in Marietta. The, what was, he, what was it? The manager there. Owner? Or was it was he one of the owners? I thought he was the owner of it. Um, anyway, <laughs> but yeah, he loves tabletop gaming, and he fell in love with doing escape rooms, and he set up some excellent escape rooms. This is where we did little uh, shop of horrors. We did uh, all the ones in their Mar- in their Alpharetta oh. location, which is the um, stuck in time and CDC that we failed the first time. Mafia. Mafia. Jewel Heist. Jewel Heist. They only they had one that they retired before we could get a chance to do it, which was a magician themed one, I believe. Um, but he's yeah, you know, we talked to him the last time we were at Marietta and spent a good what, thirty, forty minutes after mm-hmm. we finished the room just talking to him about 
escape rooms and board games. And so I guess what I say, the reason I say that is if you are somebody who's a little anxious and this is your very first escape room, they almost always ask, have you done an escape room before? Are you new to us? Don't be afraid to be like, yeah, we're brand new and we have no idea what we're doing. They'll help you through it. They'll help give you some extra guidance. Let them know it's your first time and they'll be a little more giving with the clues. Um, because typically you're given three clues, so you, you know, will give a signal, whether it's waving out the camera or just paging in on the walkie-talkie to let Some them know. Some locations have a phone in the room you have to call. Yeah. They'll tell you how to get the clues. They'll tell you it's how to get the clues, but you'll use the three clues. If they know it's your first or second time, you're still new to the escape room experience, they'll just randomly give out a clue when they're when they see that you're stuck some really good game masters if they see that you're trying and you're being vocal again you're telling your partner i'm trying code one two three four and it's not working and they know that's the correct code good game masters are going to be like try that again let's just check it like if they can tell that you're trying the right thing they're going to help you out so another good reason to be vocal to be honest to be really clear about what you're trying to do not only for the other people in the room but it can help your game master as well they are that is their job is to be there and watch and listen and help you out as much as they can without making it too easy and ruining the experience and once you become somebody who's done a whole bunch of these if you're going for a contest like little candy shop of horrors has a contest where if you complete it within time without taking all the clues then obviously if you're going for that they're not going to give you those extra clues yes um, so we did that we, we told that. them we were going to drive for that we succeeded and, and we you can find our name signed on the signed door on the door at little shop of little, little candy, candy shop, shop of horrors at yeah. urban escapes in marietta but so i think well, I, I think that's I think that's kind of our good introduction to escape rooms, to why we love them as a date night, why they're great for the two of us, especially why we think they'd be great for you guys, and some of our top tips for succeeding in them. And we'll our good our good ramble on escape rooms because it's it's something that we both really enjoy, and we could go on and on and on about escape rooms. So leave us a comment or shoot us an email. You can comment on the blog post if yep. that's easier. You can, you've can. you got all of our email addresses right there on the website. Yep. Let us know if you want to hear more about escape rooms on the podcast or the blog or both. And give us some ideas of what are some of the other things you'd like to hear us talk about on the podcast. We yep. expect to have Franny back with us in the next couple episodes. Yep. Um, I think Dan and I are talking about doing a kids game or family game yes, episode as we well. Been playing a couple of those with our girls. So we have some ideas going, and of course, we'll continue to do our game night recaps and talk to you guys about new games that we have coming out or part of our challenge. Not necessarily new to the market, new to us mm-hmm. as part of our games challenge that's still ongoing. If you haven't checked out the episode that just posted recently, we talked about. The King is Dead. We should have another coming up about... What was the game we just played? Canvas. Oh, Canvas. I love Canvas. Um, the blog post is already posted about Canvas, but stay tuned. We will get a podcast up about that once we get back together with Franny. Yep. And just to close it out, uh, if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, please do so. If you haven't left a review on whichever platform you listen to the podcast on which the only ones we're on right now are apple and google 
please leave a review. It'll definitely help us out. and Share us with a friend. Share us with a friend. Sharing it, leaving reviews, that'll definitely help us get more listeners and get some more ideas on some better content we can bring to everybody. So yeah. with that, I think with that's that, I it. think it's a wrap yeah. for tonight, and we'll see you guys in our next episode.